Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Morata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Morata. Spectacular. Bickley and Morata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Morata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Welcome to what many might call a first impression Thursday. But I think we've already had many impressions of Kevin Durant and quite a few from Jonathan Gannon. So I don't know if a first impression Thursday works, Vinny. But we got some stuff happening today. We do. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of introductions being made today. Yep. Uh, and it's a great point. One of one of the people that will be introduced today. He's been in the spotlight for a long, long time. The Jonathan Gannon press conference is of, of big intrigue to me. That's a good point, yeah. because I think what we're going to do is we're going to have one guy who is going to try very hard to win the press conference and another guy who couldn't care less about the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know, have to do anything. Right. Well, I do I do think we're going to get a, a, a happy, smiling Kevin Durant today. I don't think we're going to get any weirdness. Yeah. I mean, I, I, as much as <laughs> Kevin Durant could be happy and smiley, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ran across a story that I think is, maybe you saw this yesterday, but I, I have to share this. Kansas City Chiefs had their parade yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. So drunken football players all over the place. Oh, yeah. A city celebrating another championship in Kansas City. Second one in the last uh, four years for, for the Chiefs. So what happens concurrent to the Chiefs parade? Legendary actress and all-time sex symbol Raquel Welch passes away at the age of 82. Did you hear this story? Uh, I did not hear the story. I was aware of that, the latter detail. So though. she passes yes. away during right. the parade. Okay. One of Raquel Welch's famous roles, she did a roller derby movie in 1972 that was called Kansas City Bomber. So because she died, people were bringing up the movie on Twitter, and it started to trend on Twitter during the Kansas City parade. So there was this panic that there was a bomber at the parade. But it was just two things <laughs> happening concurrently. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know how that went over my head. Well, actually, I was extremely busy yesterday afternoon, but that is quite something. Yeah. That is an unbelievable story, how things can kind of get. Isn't that nuts? If you saw wow. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, there definitely were people bombed. That was they Kansas were, City yeah. bombed. Yeah, they yes. were hitting, Yeah, they were drinking Kansas City bombers. <laughs> is what they were doing. Wow, that, I, I never thought about that. So all all was well. So Kansas City bombers started trending or something at some point, and then people were like, "What?" And I guess if you were at the parade and you were checking what was trending on Twitter, you probably were pretty panicked until you learned out what what was going on. <laughs> Wow, I did not know that. That is a crime. I'm just trying to process that. That is absolutely crazy. And R.I.P. to Raquel Welch, by the way, an American institution. Oh, 
82 years old. 82 years of age. Yep. That hit me yesterday. Uh-huh. And then another thing hit me yesterday where it, it, you get to a certain age and you're just reminded and constantly slapped across the face by life reminding you that you're old. Uh-huh. It was a happy birthday tweet to Ron Say. You know how old Ron Say is? <laughs> no. Ron Say is 75 years old. <laughs> These are the guys we make grew up watching. Make it I know, stop. right? <laughs> the only way to make it... Well, we won't talk about no, the only yeah, way to make point. it stop. Good point. <laughs> All right, we're going to have one of those days. Start the show, Jarrett. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, it is press conference Thursday, introduction Thursday in Valley Sports. First, at 10 a.m., the Arizona Cardinals will introduce their new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, at the Dignity Health Training Center in Tempe. Gannon becomes the 11th full-time head coach of the Cardinals since 88. Steps in for Cliff Kingsbury. We will learn more about Jonathan Gannon, who, uh, at the beginning of this cycle, wasn't necessarily talked about a lot, but he's the man moving forward. Then at 2 o'clock, it's Kevin Durant's introductory press conference at Footprint Center. A week after the Suns engineered the biggest midseason trade in the NBA and the biggest in franchise history, the media and a couple thousand fans will be introduced to the 13-time All-Star and the two-time Finals MVP. We will carry both of those press conferences live on this huge day on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. Who will, who will say the word championship quickest in this press conference? Jonathan Gannon or Kevin Durant? Who will have the best quote? Does it have to be Gannon or Durant? Because I could Matt Ishbia is going to talk as well. Yeah. James Jones is going to Yeah, we've heard Matt Ishbia. I'm just talking about these other two. So how far into the how press far into the press okay. until they say the word championship? That's yeah. something we'll we'll, we'll we keep go. an eye on. Monitor right. that, Jared. Monitor that, Jared. Uh, six hours after the KD press availability, the Suns will take their floor for the final game before the All Star break as they host the LA Clippers. Suns have won two straight, eleven to fourteen, to rise to fourth in the West. Clippers are right on their heels, entering tonight's game just a half game back at thirty two and twenty eight. LA will not have Norman Powell tonight. He's averaging seventeen points per game, but he's out because of injury management. Suns still without Shamit Payne. And, of course, Durant. Phoenix has won both meetings this year. They look to go 10-0 against the Pacific Division tonight. Second half of the TNT doubleheader, so that's an 8 o'clock tip. Pre-game coverage starts at 7.30 on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. Yeah, not for nothing. The Suns have had some good success with the teams from L.A. Yes, they have. In, in recent years. Yes, they have. Good, good with that. Suns will have another new player on the bench tonight as the signing of veteran wing Terrence Ross became official on Wednesday. He had spent time with the Toronto Raptors, most recently seven years with the Orlando Magic before he got his contract bought out. Primarily a bench player in his career. He's averaged 11 points per game and a 36% career three-point shooter. Elsewhere in the NBA, have yourself a night, Mikel Bridges. In just his third game as a member of the Brooklyn Nets, Bridges went off for a career-high 45 what? points in a win over the Miami Heat. 17 of 24 from the floor, 4 of 6 from three-point range, 7 free throws. He had 8 <laughs> rebounds, 5 assists. His career-high was 34. 
So he blew right past that. That was only his third career 30-point game. He's never. He said after the game he's never had a 40 ever in yeah. his life, which is odd. Somebody in the NBA, you'd think, you know, somewhere along the way, but grade school. Even you know? well, Yeah, grade school, stuff like that. But yeah. even at Villanova, I mean, he wasn't the main offensive weapon. He, w- he was a complimentary offensive piece who played a lot of defense. Yeah. Good for him. Mm. Um, did you see the exchange, by the way? Mikel Bridges was doing a fundraiser at some school, and Cam Johnson interrupted. Yeah, right. I did see that. To correct him, he signed the wrong number on his autograph. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, it takes a while, man. Didn't it does. You, you, like, you use the wrong phone number. You're like, ah, oh, darn, that was my last place. Yeah. Whatever. Usually it was when we still wrote checks. It took me till about June to get the year right. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers buying out the contract of veteran big man Kevin Love, who was averaging eight and a half points uh, per game off the bench. Back to football, the Denver Broncos have reportedly asked the Cardinals for permission to interview Vance Joseph for their vacant defensive coordinator position on Sean Payton's staff. Joseph, of course, served as Denver's head coach for two seasons in 2017 and 2018. Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy interviewing for the same position with the Washington Commanders, according to reports. Bieniemy has been part of two Super Bowl championship teams with KC, but hasn't had play-calling duties working under Andy Reid, something he would presumably have in Washington or elsewhere. Uh, although, we haven't heard more bubbling about Biennemi to Arizona as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, Just, that, that yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, it, what's really weird in that whole story, there's a lot still weird about that story, it's Andy Reid has never really gone out on a limb for him. I mean, he's said nice things about him, but he's never gone, will you people get your minds right? yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, um, it's just so. It, my thoughts are all over the place I on know. the enemy thing, yeah. and they are every year you. at this time. Mm-hmm. But people, I, I saw people on Twitter saying he's the best coordinator in football. But what exactly does he coordinate? It's not his does, offense, and no. he doesn't call plays. No, right. Not right. saying he shouldn't have a job. But right. Come on. Yeah, um, he works for the greatest play designer in history, and he's got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time right below. I mean, it's. I get it. Brian Flores was introduced as the new D.C. in Minnesota. Uh, He revealed that he took the job with the Vikings while an opportunity to be the head coach of the Cardinals was still possible, but said this was the right opportunity, end quote. Uh, Dolphins introduced Vic Fangio as their D.C. Add the Tampa Bay Lightning as the latest elite team to suffer a loss at Mullet Arena this season. Coyotes scored a 1-0 shootout win over the Lightning in Tempe. Connor Ingram, amazing in net. 47 saves through 65 minutes. Then it went to the shootout. Nick Schmaltz scored. Uh, Clayton Keller then scored in the shootout, uh, while Ingram denied Nikita Kucherov to give the Coyotes the win. They've now beaten Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Colorado in Tempe. Mullet Arena, a house of horrors. Yeah. Maybe they should never leave, Vinny. Scrap that new arena. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Vegas on uh, Saturday night to face the Golden Knights. Big night of college hoops uh, in the state. ASU hosting Colorado at Desert Financial Arena at 6. Pre-game coverage starts at 5.30 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Uh, Arizona hosting Utah to try to bounce back from that tough road loss at Stanford. That's an 8 o'clock tip on Pac-12 Network. GCU lost last night. Squandered a 15-point first-half lead, and they fell to UT Rio Grande Valley 77-76. How do they fit that on their jerseys, that whole name? Yeah, that's a good point. I think they shorten it to UTRGV. Yeah. Which just rolls right off the tongue. Flows right off the tongue, yeah. Uh, D-backs pitchers and catchers had their first workouts Wednesday at Salt River Fields and the club made the signing of lefty reliever Andrew Chafin, official. The sheriff is back. 
former first-round pick of the Diamondbacks in 2011. Ranked second all-time in D-backs history with 337 appearances. Has a chance to break that this year. And Tiger Woods returns to the course in a real PGA event today at the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club in Southern California. Woods will tee off at 104 this afternoon in a group with Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. I, uh, way, way back in the day, I once followed a young, healthy Tiger Woods around Riviera from start to finish. It was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Really? I was as close to him as you. Was right. there a tournament going on, oh, or were yeah. you just stalking no. him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a tournament. It was. Why is this guy in the bushes yeah. at every hole? Why did he get a haircut? What's the matter with that guy? <laughs> Look, all, all kidding aside, good to see. Seven, first first real event in seven months for Tiger Woods. Totally so, agree. Yeah. Totally agree. So, uh, that's a cool thing. There is your splash for Thursday, February 16th. Coming up next, get to know Jonathan Gannon. We will. Today is the press conference scheduled for 10 o'clock. More on that and maybe an offensive coordinator choice for the Cardinals. That's straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Thursday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm really a huge Jonathan Gannon fan. Glad he's getting this opportunity. And I think the other thing is, man, I'm I'm telling you, like commanding a room and and being one of those guys that will listen to players and will again put them in positions to win. But there's no pushing. He's not a pushover. He's not one of those guys that just says, okay, whatever you guys want, like we'll make this work. He's not that way at all. I mean, that dude is in charge. Um, and so I, I, I find it, like, I, I find the balance to be able to do that, right, to completely be in charge, but all at the same time listen and, and take take in that information. Like, he's, he's I think he's really good at that. So I'm really excited for Jonathan again, man. He's a good dude, really good dude. It's Mark Schlereth. NFL on Fox Denver Sports. Uh, he joined us yesterday to give his thoughts on uh, Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, and had uh, nothing but good things to say. And I know and he probably crossed paths with him during his role as a Fox analyst. Yes. You know, go, they roll into cities and they yeah. get to spend time with coaching staff. So he probably sure. kind of got to know him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'd heard that from from other people who had done some television and broadcasting work. That hey, this guy really stood out in production meetings as a guy who struck you as a head coach type. And I know mm-hmm. what really resonated with you, and you could tell in that. Sense Soundbite, that little snippet we played, is when you said good. <laughs> when when Mark Schlerer said, yeah. Jonathan Gannon's not a pushover, that is a good thing. Because there, there needs to be a different style yeah. of leadership from this team. Yeah. In this team. Listen, there's, there's a lot of people who, who are a little uncomfortable with, with how similar Jonathan Gannon feels to the hire of Cliff Kingsbury. And, and I get it. The youthful, the inexperienced, all that stuff. There's a couple of fundamental differences. Number one, personalities are different. Jonathan Gannon, uh, a clear Really sounds more like an alpha male, aggressive, upbeat, optimistic, motivational. At least that's the way he's come off so far. And those are definitely good things I think the Cardinals needed. Uh, the other thing is that even though both men were right about 40 when they were hired as head coaches of the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury was 40 with zero years of NFL coaching experience. Exactly right. Jonathan Gannon is 40 with 15 years of NFL coaching experience. Big difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, just being in the in the atmosphere for, yeah. for that long makes a difference. Right. Uh, Peter Schrager, um, who obviously had a connection with Cliff Kingsbury, tight with Cliff Kingsbury, but apparently still has some good information 
givers uh, in in the Arizona Cardinals organization. He's with Good, Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, uh, and he talked about the differences between Kingsbury and Gannon. If Cliff Kingsbury is your chill coach, even keeled guy, Jonathan Gannon is your fired up, let's go, high energy guy. It's all going to be about Kyler, as we know, and this is a totally different personality than Kingsbury. Say what you want about Cliff's offensive genius. He is not going to be one shouting at you. He is not going to be one giving you this motivational speech on a Saturday that's going to have you ready to run through a wall. Cliff is mm. the ultimate play designer and also the guy that's going to be there for you through thick and thin and be the same consistent deal. Jonathan Gannon's whole mantra in, in Philadelphia was, we are going to be upbeat. We are going to be high energy. We are going to be up, 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 mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And also, we might talk a little bit of, uh, 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 uh. this is a guy that has a bunch of juice to him. Good. And I think that's what really drew them in Philadelphia, in Arizona. He also talked about, you know, this came down to first Mike Kafka and Lou Anarumo. Then it became Lou Anarumo and uh, Jonathan Gannon. He- I'm sorry, I don't recognize that name. Who, who oh, sorry. Told- Here's Peter Schrager on what separated Gannon from Lou Anarumo. <laughs> Ooh, ah. Came down to two names, Lou Anarumo. Okay. Different type of deal, older coach, guy who was with Cincinnati for the last several years, and Jonathan Gannon, who even the Eagles said is probably just a rental because he is that hot a candidate. The first year didn't go as perfect as they wanted. Second year was great. Now Gannon's gone, and he's going to Arizona. But I think the energy and the juice and the culture that he'll bring is a little different than Kingsbury. Nothing negative about Kingsbury. But this one is just, let's go, let's go. Let's see if that works for Kyler. Maybe the other time he kind of ran his course. I'm just so glad we're done talking about all these interviews being being scheduled or the timing of it or yeah. how long it's taking right. or how wide the net is being cast. Right. I'm just glad this is the first step in the in the new direction for the yeah. Cardinals. Now, did I expect Jonathan Gannon to be the guy on January 9th when this whole process started? Absolutely not. Yeah. But here we are. And the timing of the Super Bowl um, is something that I think doesn't play into the perception. Had the Eagles won the Super Bowl, this would be a much easier sell. Everybody would be looking at this slightly differently. Um, Yeah, okay. I I, I think Jonathan Gannon, I I hope that he's smart enough to to realize with all of his NFL experience exactly how much that kind of personality is in demand here and how much it's needed here. Here's the thing that I think is also a fundamental difference between the two guys that I that I'm I'm encouraged by. Okay, so Cliff Kingsbury was a was a dude who was a college head coach and he had, he was at Texas Tech for quite some time mm-hmm. and then he got fired and then he was going to reboot his career at USC and then suddenly he found himself in the NFL and you could make an argument that he never ever ever really found his footing. Now maybe when they were ten and two, yeah. But but, but I'm not sure Cliff Kingsbury ever had a great deal of comfort um, in terms of his offense and his place in the NFL and all of that stuff. Uh, by contrast, Jonathan Gannon was a guy that started in college, went to the NFL, saw the NFL game and said, I'm never going back to college football. So there was something about the NFL game, whether it was just um, the nature of the athletes or, or or the professional level of it, whatever it was, that, that spoke to him. So I think that in terms of the mindset of of what each head coach feels really comfortable being and being around I think that I think that's another big uh, advantage for Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out if Cliff Kingsbury gets any kind of job in the NFL. I don't know whether he's going through perfunctory interviews now to make it look like he's not being a slacker and collecting Michael Bidwell's money. I don't know whether 
He just hasn't found the right fit yet. But a couple teams have kind of sniffed around him and said, now nah, we're good. Yeah. Texans Con- did it. Ravens did it. Gone in different directions. And, and I don't blame them because there's no there's no real uh, history of that offense having any application today's, to today's NFL. No, not really. No. And, and we know for, I mean, I would be surprised if Cliff Kingsbury ended up back in college football. Because it's changed a lot even since he left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's with yeah, NIL deals now and, and all that. And we know he didn't necessarily love the recruiting process. Well, so. Vinny, you know what? Here's the thing. And I, I think you and I, you've covered um, college sports a lot. Yeah, you know what this is all about. If you're a head coach and you go through the, uh, the, the just the arduous process of trying to sweet talk and convince 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old kids and their parents, and you go through all of that and you finally get a commitment, that commitment used to be worth all the time and hassle, but now, if that dude can up and leave after one year, it's like, okay, this is too much. Yeah, you're constantly recruiting. Constantly. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and many more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. The staff has not been built yet by Jonathan Gannon, but there is a name out there as a potential offensive coordinator. It was suggested by our next guest. We'll talk to Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland Plain Dealer next. Spickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Yeah, introductory press conference for Jonathan Gannon as the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And then we get to talk about staff construction, but some people are already talking about it, including our uh, next guest, covers the Cleveland Browns for Cleveland.com and the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Mary Kay Cabot joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Mary Kay, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? Good. I, I know you put it out there about a, p- a potential uh, offensive coordinator candidate coming from the Browns yes, staff. Good Drew, work. Drew Petzing, 35 years old, quarterbacks coach. Uh, just give us the, uh, the the nutshell and what you've been able to uncover in, as far as a connection between Petzing and Gannon. Well, they spent four years together uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, they became very close there, uh, both from a working standpoint and, uh, you know, just a friendship standpoint. And I know that Jonathan Gannon really values Drew Petzing's football acumen, his ability to work with quarterbacks, and uh, and just to oversee an offense. And one of the interesting things, when I did an interview with Jonathan Gannon at the Super Bowl, we got off on a little bit of a tangent talking about coaching philosophy philosophy and hiring philosophy and and he was very adamant about the fact that uh, he does not think that coordinators necessarily need to have any prior experience calling their side of the ball before they get hired uh, you know by him like he's totally fine with the fact that Drew Petzing or will be fine with the fact that he hasn't called an offense yet he talked about how Nick Sirianni hired him as defensive coordinator uh, despite the fact that he had not called the defense Shane Steichen had only called plays, I think, for about a year before Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni called upon him to do that for him in Philadelphia. 
and their special teams coordinator uh, had no experience at that position. So I think that you might end up finding that this is a common theme as he makes his hires. Yeah, that's who knew that experience was that overrated, huh, Mary Kay? I read that. <laughs> I know, and I read your reporting on this. I thought that's interesting, and it certainly applies to Jonathan Gannon's own career. But you know, we've got this quarterback issue in Arizona with Kyler Murray, who needs to kind of grow up and grow out a little bit here. What what more can you tell us about Drew Petzing? Is he considered that? much of an up-and-coming kind of guy? He really is. I know that Kevin Stefanski valued him very, very highly, but in Cleveland, there you know there just wasn't a pathway to offensive coordinator or play calling for him. Kevin Stefanski is calling the plays in Cleveland, and then offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt you know, would probably be next in line for that mm-hmm. job. So, you know, it was time for Drew Petzing to move on if he wanted to have more responsibility with an offense. Um, but again, John Gannon, you know, when we talked, he talked a lot about, you know, just knowing, how, you know, character and intangibles and working with people and, you know, football acumen, intelligence, all those kinds of things, but not necessarily previous experience calling your side of the ball. From your viewpoint, and we're talking to Mary Kay Cabot from the Cleveland Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com here on Arizona Sports. Um, it, it had to be a strange year for Drew Petzing in the role as a quarterback's coach. First year in that role after he got elevated from tight ends coach. But, you know, you got the quarterback switch most of the way through the season with Deshaun Watson becoming available. And I know Deshaun Watson didn't exactly set the world on fire and the Cleveland offense kind of took a step back. How much of those issues do you think were just on the rust of Deshaun Watson or was there something more fun? fundamental there. I think it was really mostly um, the rust of Deshaun Watson. I mean, his first game back, uh, it was very difficult for him to operate and function at the level that he was used to. So, uh, the, And it was a very, very emotional game because he was returning to Houston yes. in that particular game. So that game was, uh, it was tough to get any kind of an evaluation on him whatsoever. And then another game on Christmas Eve, he played in, like, it was like 16 below or, or something ridiculous like that. It was really, really hard to operate in that game, although he actually uh, played pretty well and had three touchdown passes dropped in that game. So, you know, I don't think you can look to Drew Petzing and say, oh, geez, that was because, you know, Drew just didn't do a good job. No, I don't think that was it at all. In fact, uh, they got the best year uh, of his career out of Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. And um, and Deshaun did some really good things in the six games that he did play. One of the things that, that I learned, I'm curious about this, uh, that Jonathan Gannon was a was a prep star at St. Ignatius in Cleveland. And, and he, uh, from what I can tell, he was one of those athletes that was just good at everything. Was he so good that he's got something of a presence in the Cleveland sporting landscape? Yeah, he was really, really good at everything that he tried. He won state championships in three sports at St. Ignatius. And I had Dave Ragone tell me on the phone uh, last week that uh, he thinks that Jonathan Gannon may have been the best athlete to come out of St. Ignatius. And that's saying something because uh, professional athletes, a lot of professional athletes have come out of St. Ignatius High School. So for him to say that about Jonathan, yeah. uh, that's that's very, very telling. But I did a lot of work on Jonathan last week at the Super Bowl because he was from Cleveland and St. Ignatius. And uh, I learned a lot about him. I talked to a lot of people in his life. And you will not find a better human being than Jonathan Gannon, that's for sure. And just 
because from an athletic standpoint, uh, he certainly understands, uh, you know, elite level talent. He knows what it looks like. He was a scout with the Rams for a number of years, which really helped him a lot. So I do think that the Cardinals are getting the total package. Yeah, it's good to hear. And and one of the things that I'm curious what you think about this is somebody who's covered the game for for some time. You know, every year there's coordinators who are, are sort of like the, the flavor of the month. There's a lot of hype around them. Not every one of them has that it factor, if you will, the personality to captivate a room and lead a room full of men. From your experience, people you've talked to, your own interactions with them, where is he at on that scale of leadership abilities? Well, I think John will be a tremendous, tremendous leader. There's no question about that, and you will soon see that. In fact, I believe you guys are having the introductory press conference today. Yes, we are. and you will find out very, very quickly that uh, that Jonathan Gannon has the it factor and that he will be able to command a room and he will be able to lead. And I think his people skills will be one of his strengths. And you will you'll soon know what I'm talking about with that. Uh, but then, you know, Drew Petzing, what you'll find in Drew is that he is, first of all, really funny. I mean, he is just a funny guy. He's personable. These are guys that, that players are going to want to coach, to play for. Uh, you know, I, I think that Kyler Murray will identify with Drew Petzing also from a size standpoint. They're both really kind of small. But um, so, but I, I was kind of joking there. Right, but, no, that's, um, no, that's okay. That's good. But also only half joking, as you will come to see. But, um, but, but Drew is just, he's very, very funny. I mean, he's funny. He's personable. I think that, I think that Kyler will like his personality. I think they'll connect. Uh, and I think Drew will be really good at his job. We're talking with Mary Kay Cabot from Cleveland.com. Before we let you go, Mary Kay, uh, I wanted to ask, I, I think one of the themes of the football season in Denver, Cleveland, and Arizona was maybe a little bit of behind-the-scenes buyer's remorse on big contracts for quarterbacks. Uh, I, you know, I don't think anybody would admit it in those respective front offices right now on Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or Kyler Murray, but do you get that feeling? Uh, am I off on that? Do you get that feeling in Cleveland that maybe that, that contract that huge contract that Watson got was a, a little bit uh, a little bit much. You know, no, I don't think they feel that way at all here. I think that, of course, they regretted the fact that his suspension increased from six games to eleven, which basically, you know, kind of uh, ruined last season for the Cleveland Browns getting to the playoffs. But I don't think they feel that way at all going forward. I think they uh, did what they did so they can try to contend with. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and all these other amazing quarterbacks and uh, and I I don't think they have any regrets at this point. Gotcha, Mary Kay. Thanks so much for joining us and yes, uh, giving you. us the insight. We appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com joined us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Kind of sounds like she knows something. Like this Drew Petzing thing is a is a done deal. Oh, and I love how she calls him John. I mean, we're all calling him Jonathan. Maybe yeah. maybe it's John Gannon. Yeah, maybe. John Gannon Adoro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Mary Kay Cabot. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. That's just the first press conference of the day. The second one, yeah, that uh, that Kevin Durant guy is going to be uh, introduced Yeah, that's going to be interesting. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Nickley and Murata Mornings. It lifts everyone, you know, players, you know, you get a chance to, to be energized by, you know, a, a great player walking into the building. And then you can't under, and underestimate the, the response and the reaction from the fans. You know, we, we thrive and, and you know, we're fueled by our fans and the atmosphere that our fans create. And so you can just see last night, even though he wasn't playing, you know, the fact that he was on the bench uh, had everyone um, up top all the way to the floor um, filled with joy. And it, it was a good environment for it's James Jones, the president of basketball operations of the Phoenix Suns, on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, talking about something we talked about in great detail yesterday, Bick, and that was uh, the energy level being lifted just by Kevin Durant being there. He was wearing street clothes. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a beanie and sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it permeated throughout the building. Uh, we'll get that opportunity again tonight. Suns final game before the All-Star break against the Clippers, but before that, the introductory press conference, which not going to be your normal press conference either. I, it's not going to have the feel of LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade in Miami. But there's going to be a very public-facing part of it. There's tickets available. There's going to be fans at this press conference. A couple thousand, from what I understand. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're rolling this out big time. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where it leads. It's different than that one in Miami, too, because this is midseason. Yeah. There's after tonight and when Kevin Durant can put that uniform on and actually play games for the Suns, there's 22 games left. There's a lot of work right. to do. There's not a whole lot of ramp up to it. No, I, I would caution Kevin Durant to not get in over his skis, but he doesn't need my advice. He's 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 been through everything when it comes to media interactions and press conferences. But yes. I will say this: uh, the idea of making it a big public forum, I I, I like the idea. Uh, I I understand the idea. You want this new fan base to connect with this guy the way they connected with the guys who were used to trade for Kevin Durant, including one who just popped for 43 last night, right? Okay, so so all of that's a real good idea, but be real careful that that you do not go over and off the rails in predictions and in uh, self-congratulations. Be careful about this because other teams are watching. And, And I say that because when LeBron went to Miami, they held a pep rally before the team even played a game together. Yes. And they thought it was a great idea. And so did the the people in South Beach. They all had a great time in retrospect. It's one of the more cringy things you'll ever watch. Yeah, and LeBron projected what seven championships? Or something yeah, like that? yeah, he was he was rattling them off. It, it, and if so, if you're going to predict, so if you're going to mention the word championship, leave the s off at the end. Leave the plural. Yeah, leave that out. Yes. Yeah, stay singular if you're going to mention it. That's okay. Don't start predicting multiple championships. Here's what a miss that was. LeBron's time in Miami, where that that was the beginning of all of it, because he set that level so high, they went to four straight finals and won two rings, and it was a disappointment. And it was considered not enough. You're absolutely right. And when you go back and you think about the success of that group, you're like, wow, that 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 super team is, is one of the rare super teams that really worked. Why do people remember it so... Not fondly. Mm-hmm. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. Oh, not seven. Not seven. Wow. He didn't even stay there for seven years. 
I know. <laughs> so, so just and again, I'm being half facetious about this, but I, but uh, the, there are there are precedents here that that the sun should follow. That it's real easy to look at the potential, the star power. I mean, Chris Paul talked about this just the other day about how he's been around some great players. He played on Lob City and the Clippers. What he played on in L.A. doesn't even it's not even in the same neighborhood as these guys. No, and he said that he said, "Listen, I've been with Blake Griffin. I've been," and he rattled him off and he's I've never been with guys like Book and, and KD so and what's interesting about this too here we are now there was a time when Chris Paul was 1B in Phoenix he's 3 now yeah, that's true <laughs> with all due respect to Chris Paul who's one of the all time greats yeah. in terms of when we will see Kevin Durant on the floor James Jones didn't uh, tip his hand on that with Burns and Gambo TV day. Um, if, once we know we'll let you know um, I, I think the all star break will be huge for him um, this has been an opportunity for him to really get back in the gym uh, consistently and ramp up uh, so we'll see when we come out of all star uh, if he's ready for Friday um, if not you know, I know it'll be sometimes shortly thereafter. I'll say this, and I don't want to put any pressure on anybody. If if it's not the first game after the All Star break, that Friday game against OKC, it's going to be a huge bummer. If you I got agree. this time, you know, yeah. you get the week between the trade and the All Star break, and then a week between the All Star break and that first game. And they have to delay it for any reason. It's just going to let a little air out of the balloon. I, yeah, I don't think if if it does have to be delayed, I just don't think it's going to happen because just from what I can tell and just watching minimal clips of him at practice, he looks like a guy that's really close. Yes. There's and n- you have to also read into it. I mean, there's no break. He's not wearing a brace on the knee. Right. Like, so he's comfortable with it. Right. And at this point, I mean, this far into his career, who knows his body better than Kevin Durant? It's, this is the second MCL sprain he's come off of, mm-hmm. so he, he knows the drill a little bit. There's a lot of people concerned about that, and maybe you should be, um, that the that the knee is, is, is getting weakened structurally to the point where those things are happening more often. But again, it's I think on the flip side of it all, he's, he's very familiar with, with when he's ready to play. He looks at to me, I'd be stunned if it wasn't a week from tomorrow. Yeah. Stunned. And another uh, issue that people have been tossing around is if you've got Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker as four-fifths of your starting lineup, who's that fifth starter? James Jones on that subject. Man, you guys are asking the wrong guy. I'm not the coach. You know, I think coach would determine who plays. You know, my job is to make sure that we have guys that are, are capable of, of giving us what we need. Um, I think, you know, you can you can go a bunch of different ways, but you know, that's the beauty of the roster we've constructed right now. Um, we have to determine that. Uh, we have time um, coming off the All-Star break to really think it through once we get all of our guys whole. But, you know, it's going to be a challenge for us to figure out how to make it work. But I do know we will get it right. The guys here are all committed to doing whatever it takes for us to put ourselves in a position to win a title. There are certainly options there, depending on the matchup. You you yeah. would think Torrey Craig is the guy. And Torrey Craig has performed admirably this year. I don't think Torrey Craig was very good last year after he came back in that midseason trade. But, you know, pressed into duty this year when Cam Johnson went down. He's He's been solid. He's not going to wow you with his offensive mm-hmm. game ever, but good offensive rebounder does a lot of the dirty work. Um, he would. He, he's obviously a candidate. Josh Okogie's a candidate if you want to go smaller. If you want even more scoring, I think TJ Warren could you know, probably elevate into that role at some point. So there are options for that fifth starter. But don't you love a GM that comfortable in his head coach that he, that he reacts the way James Jones just did? Mm-hmm. That, oh, no, 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 you're asking me? That's not my job, man. Yeah. That's his job. <laughs> 
And, you know, like I said, it's That's good. a little it's, different than saying, you will start Zayvon Collins <laughs> in week one. <laughs> Jordan Hicks, the thing is this. Yeah, the thing is this. <laughs> You're not going to play, but you are going to start a yeah, lot right. when we figure right. this out. Yeah, okay. So cheap shots aside, I do think that this is a uh, this is a brand new day for this organization. This We've seen it in bits and pieces from, from Kevin Durant in their training facility to Kevin Durant on the bench to Kevin Durant being introduced by my man Vinny. You got that queued up, by the way? Don't. You don't? All right, we'll work on that. So all of that leads to this. It's in the promo. That's right. Yeah. So it leads to this, which is sort of the hello, Phoenix. And I don't think there's going to be any, I don't think there's going to be any smoke today. I think it's going to be all good, right? Oh. Yeah, it's going to be all good today. Smooth. It's, it's going to be all smooth Sunshine today. and rainbows today. It's all today. it's going to be today. <laughs> and then it's on, man. And then it's on. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a long all-star break, is it not? <laughs> It is. That's a good point. Uh, Coming up next, the uh, Cardinals have their man in Jonathan Gannon. He'll be introduced today. One guy that they did kick the tires on, Brian Flores, went elsewhere and had some thoughts on it yesterday as he was introduced in his new job. We'll tackle that subject and more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Thursday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.